Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language. And with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons from droll druids to dreary dryads. And today, we're doing a QA. and a Will, I see you have a hat. Yes, I do. I have Maybe a hat. we can call it a magic hat. The magic hat. Filled with questions. Full of questions. It's filled with so questions. Many questions. Questions that you, the viewer, have asked us. Yes. Um, as a uh, special kind of thing that we're doing for our a celebration for 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, which Woo! now we're like way past that. I don't know, way, but we are past that. I mean, like... It's only been a couple days. Not when you're hearing this. Oh, yeah. That's true. Like, shoot. Yeah. At the rate we're going, we will be way past the thousand. So thank you guys so (laughs) much. Um, And we wanted, we get questions here and there and and we'll get on the comments board and answer them. But Mm -hmm. we thought, you know, if you've got something and you don't want to wait for the specific episode to come out to get that little bit of information you want, we would give it to you now. Just give give the people people what they want. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's do it. So should we jump right in? Do we have anything else we want to say before um, we start? Yeah, we just we had viewers uh, and listeners sending questions, whether it was on, tweeting to us or commenting on uh, our announcement on YouTube or emailing us. And I gathered them from all the various uh, mediums and they're now in this hat. They're in the so hat. So we're going to randomly draw questions out of the hat. We'll do our best to answer the questions as thoroughly as we can. We'll try and get to all of them. We we are on a time limit, so we may may not. But if we don't, there'll be future Q and A's. Yeah, we'll, get your we'll, we'll, again. we're gonna do this again. Okay, maybe at another milestone. But like, let's just jump in. You let's pick, just jump in. You, you want me f- to pull? Yeah, but you pull the first. Or okay. do you want you want to hold it and I'll pull it, and then um, I'll hold it and you pull it. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's I'm, do that. I'm pulling the first right. question. You pull a question. That looks oh, like God. a wordy one. Oh, <clears> I got shit. a wordy question. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm just gonna read whatever's on this. Yeah, just read it. I, I think uh, say who it's from. Yeah, uh, Liam Mather. Replying to at the dungeon cast. So I take it that this is from Twitter. Yeah. Um, so how would you go about building a castle as a, le- <laughs> God, as a level question. seven wizard with a yeah. small budget and a medium sized piece of property? Necromancy, hirelings, fabricate a combo. What is the most efficient <laughs> way to make a keep or castle in 5e? And this kind of harkens back to something that we've touched on, which is what? your D20 business. Right. What do you mean? Like you if mean you like building a business or like making a oh, castle or yes, something like yes, that. Yes, very much so. So, yeah. so what do you, what do you got for them, Will? On okay. this one, I I have an answer. Okay. Um, and it's the best I could come up with, but I want to hear what you have to say if you even have anything to add. See, to this. this is some of the sometimes. Uh, I don't see everything. Will's the one sifting through uh, and talking to everybody on the, on the social mm-hmm. media. I edit the show and I do 
a lot of like music and production work for a lot of other projects we're working on um, that haven't hit the floor yet. So I've been I've been pretty <laughs> I'm pretty busy. This is a great question. You're a level seven wizard with uh-huh. a small budget. Let me give you some okay. more details on this. Uh, okay. So if you're a level seven wizard. You have one level four slot and I think two or three level three slots and then more level two and one slots. Right. Okay. Um, I don't know. That's all the info- information I have. For See, you. <laughs> I, I, I'm playing a wizard in one of my games so I can get more knowledge about the spells in D&D. Okay. So yeah. like I'm only a level three wizard right now. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> so this um, is much better suited for like, so you I got, mean, I could come up you're with not some, sure. I could come up with some bullshit. Do you want uh, me to hit you with some bullshit? Yeah. Hit me with what you got. You got a low budget. This is your scenario. How do you do it? Yeah. yeah slavery. Definitely. Okay. But how are you going to get the slaves? <laughs> I mean, threaten people with magic or okay. like make magic do the work for you. You're a wizard. Yeah. You I agree with that do the re- concept of do the re- making the okay. magic do the work. Okay, for you. first, first, my dude, my my dude Liam, you need a piece of land. You need a, you need. Well, prime- he's saying you already have it. Oh, good. You have the prime. Oh, yeah, he is saying that you have prime real estate, which is like that's where you got to <laughs> start. That's half the battle. You need a good foundation. Now, uh-huh. whether that's concrete or what kind of stone, find the materials from a nearby location so it's not difficult to transport. Unless you got some kind of transportation magic, I don't know. I don't think you do at level hey, seven. You got some stuff, but not anything i would definitely like it depends on who you are as a character i think (laughs) whether or not you can bully people into helping you or not i think you're Uh gonna need some help you're gonna need to like enlist some villagers entice them somehow um necromancy is not my favorite solution to many questions but interesting you could do you could do stuff with like like slave labor from the dead is probably the best (laughs) kind of slave labor i suppose so it hurts no one okay (laughs) so well I mean, you might be right. Yeah, okay. they've already been hurt. So here's here's my answer. They've been to the hurt question. to death. Uh, it's got to be necromancy is going to be used because like you're it's going to be your quickest and most clear cut way to free labor. Okay. Uh, I think you'll be able to summon something like six or seven undead skeletons to do work for you. That's and not so bad. That's not too shabby. And well, they work tirelessly for you. They work tirelessly. Hey, that's really and good. You can every twenty four hours you can just renew the spell to to keep them going. Okay. Um. So, so you need some time, huh? You're gonna need some time. This is gonna take. Yeah, like, this is gonna take some time because you got limited resources here. Uh, you say you have a limited budget, so your best bet is to use the spell suggestion. Get into cahoots with like maybe nearby politicians, uh, the, uh, see, the, yes. the businesses that are running like the stone quarries and whatnot. Use suggestion on them and work out the best deal possible. Um, maybe convince a politician that like, Hey, by having a castle garrisoned here, like it'll help, you know, free brigands from the road. So maybe you can suggest to them to siphon off a percentage of tax funds towards your, <laughs> towards your thing. And, <laughs> and cool. then use suggestion on like the, the businesses that you got needed materials from and maybe suggest like that there's going to be some sort of return so they can give you like, I don't know, a 60, a 40% discount on the, on the materials that you're now using the tax funds <laughs> to pay for. And I think that's going to be your best bet to building a castle as a level seven. If wizard. that's not enough, <laughs> just really push that you have undead at your control and try to persuade them to go the extra mile for you. Yeah. You can go the intimidation route, but I think that's going to lead to them hiring a party of adventurers to come kill you. So, well, you've got seven undead to do your bidding. So yeah, if they, if a party of adventurers comes for you, Use uh-huh. that as undead and your higher yeah. level spell slots to fuck them up. Okay. All right. I Hopefully that, that was... answers your question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, was that the most efficient way? I think that that's is the, the most, most efficient, efficient way. way at level seven. I think you can get it done with no money. Right. Like you basically, he said small amount of money. So it's I like, mean money, if you get, if you can find a way to get more money, you need, you need to spend that money to get you in a meeting with the local Lord and the local stonemasons. Yeah. Do, and then use your magic do some to get persuasion. them to work for you. Yeah. yeah. So there it is. All right. Well, I'll All take right. the hat. You hold the hat. Thanks, I'm gonna Liam. Draw a question. Thank okay. you, Liam. Thank you for your question. A new question. Here it is. I guess this one is chosen. They feel like two. Uh, yeah, the way I folded them. <laughs> oh God, I can't even pronounce this one. This is from YouTube user MV Full VH. I did the best I could. What are some <laughs> uncommon races that you guys would like to see in a homebrew D and D world, mainly in a society? Now. This question, I think what they're asking is what are some uncommon races that you want to see as like common races or is oh, this like asking us to make up races? I'm not sure. Here, maybe you read the question. OK, yeah. Yeah. So let me see. Uh, what are some uncommon races that you guys would like to see in a homebrew D&D world? Well, we ran a horror game where mm-hmm. we used 
races that aren't like officially, you know, like player races. Well, I think, some of them were, but well, yeah, some of them were. We like, use monsters right. as like a main race. Like these were the people that lived in this region, right? And so I think that 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 is fitting. I think the the bullywug is a cool one. Yeah, it was bullywug, goblin, orc, and kobolds were the main races of society in this region. Right. But yeah. as far as this question goes, I think the bullywug is like probably my pick. Okay. For for something like that. I think it's a cool like I mean you've got all these like eccentric races walking around already in in, yeah. in the regular lore. Like yeah. why yeah. not like a frog guy? Yeah, yeah, why not? Absolutely. I think for me, um the the clear pick for me is I'm a huge fan of the Shadar Kai. Oh, um, I love that one too. Yeah. yeah. And I I've read novels with Shatterkai cities and whatnot and, and their society. So, like, I'd, I'd like to see more of that in D&D Homebrew Worlds. I mean, at this <clears> point, <throat> for me, it's it's almost like that is just a normal race because both right. the, almost all the campaigns I've played in just They're use that involved. homebrew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a cool. I love that homebrew. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah. Misty um, Step is really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, on on a note of, of Shatterkai, they actually came out with Unearthed Arcana with Shatterkai. And I don't know if this is a controversial opinion, uh, but I hate it. I hate it so oh, much. Oh it's so bad. It's inherently tied to elves, which I automatically hate because for me, Shadow Kai have never been elves. And I don't know why they're suddenly being a sub race of the elf race. Yeah, that's kind of weird when and you have like drow. Yeah, the way it was flavored, I didn't like it. So I'm sticking with my homebrew. Sorry, well, I like sorry the wizards. Dra- the, we almost ran a drow in <clears> my <throat> game. Yeah, drow are cool. Yeah, that's uh, they don't have to be. Evil. Nothing has to be anything. Yeah, so. true. True. Um, Warforged are awesome. I like to see more Warforged. Oh, those yeah. are really dope. Yeah, so um, I'm a big fan of Warforged. Um, I really like that one some... from Join the Party. <clears throat> hmm? I really like that Warforged oh, yeah, from Join the Party yeah, with the yeah. rage switch on his back. Yeah, that's yeah, it's cool. really really fucking cool. Um, there are some old races that I'd like to see like make a comeback. Um, Shard Mines are pretty cool. What are those? Uh, they're like crystalline, sentient crystal men. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. there's a whole bunch of that. lore on them. They're really cool. The Wildin were really cool. They're like plant people. Okay. Um, they they were cool. Um, minotaurs. I love minotaurs as a race that has a society and not as mindless monsters. But that's because of my background with Dragonlance. Well, I I really like that too, and that's actually something that we're doing in my game. Oh yeah. Is you know, um, Digo is oh, one yeah. of the characters, and he's got yeah. a relationship with a minotaur with a minotaur, yeah. and not like a not like anything sexual. No. <laughs> Just like a or maybe they're maybe bros. He does. Oh yeah. I don't know. Uh, Sorry, Freeland. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think that answers the question. Yeah. So, so thank we, you for. Question: Bullywugs, uh, Shatterkai, Shatterkai, Minotaurs, Warforged, Shard Mines, and Wilden. All of them. Those are super uncommon. Hit me with it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'll hold the hat. You you pull the question. Yes. And I want to say thank you again <clears throat> to uh, MV Folev H. Yeah. Folev. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> there <man>. it is. <laughs> or or lady or whoever. Yeah. Whoever, whoever you is. are. Them. And I'm drawing a question, and it's one line. Oh God. Um. Oh, I know this name. Uh, <laughs> I just don't know how to say it. Um, Etienne Bourgeois. Oh, okay. Um, and they uh, they asked, what class that's not currently in the official modules would you like to see in 5e? Okay. Do you, do you have an answer for this or do you want me to go first? You go first. Um, I think the most obvious one for me is uh, Alchemist or, Artif- or Artificer really more than Alchemist, which they have an Unearthed Arcana for and I really like it. Didn't make it. Um. Hmm? Didn't make it into Xanathar. No, but no full class made it into Xanathar's Guide. That makes um, me think they're going to write another book. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I know they are. But. So I think I think the one in Unearthed Arcana only goes up to level seven, but I really liked it and I cannot wait for it to be official. Um, other classes that I want to see um, and I know I'll never see is Sword Mage from 4th Edition. We're never going to get it. Uh, I wish we would. Um, the that's what I thought you were gonna say first too. Right. Um, it's definitely in in the top three. We're never gonna see it, and I understand why. I mean, we have the hexblade now. We have an eldritch knight since the beginning. We we have a blade singer. They're almost it's like staying away from it. It's like we're dancing around it, but we're not quite getting to it. Um, Wizard, stop beating around the bush. <laughs> I know. Give us a sword um, mage. So I'd I'd love to see the sword mage. Um. What's another class I would like? I would like to see an alchemist class. That would yeah, be cool. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I know that kind of steps on the toes of an artificer, but I would like to see a dedicated alchemist class. That would be really neat. Um, 
I really like the Lazy Lord from Oh Warlords. Yeah, yeah. War, war like specifically like building lazy. I know that's metagaming a little yeah, bit, it but, is, but that's okay. it's such a cool concept. Right. Like I am the fighter, but I'm gonna be back here. <laughs> Do the thing. <laughs> right. Everyone, right. you go here and you go here. Like that's it's just like a funny role play. Yeah, I think that it would be cool to have a warlord um fighter subclass. That's something I, I yeah. think that I'd be really like after seeing what they could do with the ancestral guardian and barbarian, where you basically took uh, what is known to be a very offensive class and make it very defensive. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really cool to take a very like combat oriented class and spin it to be more support. And that's that I think they could do that with warlord. Um, another one's uh, the scion or they're I hope they don't call it the mystic. Um Oh, I saw that in. Yeah, uh, that was an unearthed arcana. Yeah, as well. it was. I, I I look forward to that. I hope they go back to calling it the Scion because it's just a cooler name and it's much more obvious what the hell. Yeah, it it's is. like in line with what it's doing. Yeah, it's like exactly. Psychic stuff, right. Um. Yeah, psychic stuff. And there are other psychic classes, fourth edition. I'd like to see. Um. There was the Battle Mind and the Ardent. Um. Those those were cool. So I'd like to see any of those. Uh, mostly the Scion though. Um. I think that's that's pretty much it. Um. Yeah. That off the top of my head, I'm sure there's other stuff. I mean, there's old old class like the Dusk Blade. I would that, like to that'd see, be cool. I'd like to see some kind of class that's fey in origin, but not an elf. No, I mean, there's the warlock, fey pact. Yeah, maybe. Get that. I don't know. Maybe something else. Like, some more sorcerer bloodlines than the ones they have would be nice, but we're already starting to have those, so. Okay. Yeah. All right, next question. All right, go for it. Thank you. Let's let's thank that person who... Oh, yeah. Um, let's rethink them. We think at the beginning and the end. Etienne <laughs> Bourgeois. Okay, that. Thank that. you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry, I got, I don't want to. All right. I probably question. butchered your name. <laughs> this one comes from Josh Freeland. What? <laughs> Thank you, Josh Freeland. Uh, Josh, I didn't know you put any, any questions in, man. He did. He did. Oh, it, just this one. Um, what are, are randomly assorted. Uh, you can see on YouTube, we've got this hat. Yeah. What are some of your favorite characters that you've played as and DM'd for? Um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, right now, one of my favorite characters that i ever uh dm for it was glader for sure yeah, Gla- i i had a yeah. lot of fun uh, he was a big dragonborn and mm-hmm. based his character build off of the punisher right he's a big dragonborn paladin and that was just like like i can't wait to i only did two games as a step in for you in your world mm-hmm. but yeah. it was really fun to like experience this like super bold like buff like forward character that was like about the smash right, about the, right. and, and just so like that character was so driven and had like such a clear purpose. Right. Like there was no ambiguity. I knew what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. That was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Okay. Okay. What about uh playing? Uh, to play as I, man, I don't really have as much experience as a player, but Maybe. I really like Giselle strong. Oh, Bear. Yeah. I'm definitely Giselle is definitely in one the, of my top. The, yeah. That's, that's probably <laughs> um, been my favorite. Um, I mean, I have a special place in my heart for the characters that I've role played as mm-hmm. even, um, even Don Garrow, the bullywug from the horror game we did. Oh, you yeah. can find these on Patreon. This is not necessarily a plug, but if you guys want a reference for what I'm talking about right now, yeah. this is both in our Patreon. Well, um, yeah, and we released games. the first episode of both of those. Yeah, so, so they, you can find it on the yeah, feed. Yeah. Um. So if you if you if you got the role play I did for Giselle Strongbear, which was like a dwarven uh, druid, mm-hmm. uh, that was a lot of fun. It was a four e character. We're actually going to do another Vault Raiders where we translate everything to fifth edition. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I mean the role play doesn't change but the mechanics are going to change a little bit right that was a that was in my top for sure oh yeah 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 absolutely she's one of the best characters i've ever dm for okay so on my end i'll start with the ones i've dm for giselle obviously um what i'm trying to think of like a character i've dm'd for that really stood out to me like i i'm trying to think of characters that didn't stand out <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I, I thought Rosin was cool. Rosin's cool. Shatter Kai. Um, but I'm like, really stand out? Honestly, Thanic from our old game. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Uh, just like, he was a he was a tiefling warlock yeah. slash cleric, and he was just a very pompous, arrogant asshole. <laughs> and I never DM'd for a character like that, and I thought Nick roleplayed him very well. And it was very interesting to to DM a character that clashed so, so difficultly with the rest of his party. Um, so that was that was pretty interesting. And then Giselle was amazing. It was it was really fun to DM for a character as unpredictable and as zany as Giselle. Yeah. Um, all over the place. Yeah, she was definitely the wild card of the party. Yeah. And it it was a lot of fun. Um, as for characters that I've played, 
I think my favorite character to date that I've ever role played was uh, a human sword mage from fourth edition um, who I named Sonosuke the Stormblade. And what was interesting about him was he was a much older character. I've never role played a character that was much older. I think I put yeah. him in his upper 50s. Yeah. And um, well, I remember him because you you brought him as him in as an NPC. Oh, yeah, in the I game. forgot I did. He, he I like did served as a mentor for my fighter yeah. character in that game. And he the way I, I role play him is, well, he's he's technically I DM'd that character. You did DM that character. Because you ended up when I stepped out to DM, you mm-hmm. stepped in with uh, that character. Yes, I did. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, Sonosuke, his story is that like he is a master of um a fighting style called the way of the storm mm-hmm. in which he uh, infuses lightning and thunder magic with his sword fighting. And um, he had a daughter who he raised in the same way, but he was overbearing he, and very much in the, in the, in a vein of Naruto, he was like her sensei and her father and mm-hmm. was overbearing and demanded too much of her. He ended up breaking her spirit and she fled the, the realm or whatever. And uh, he lost his daughter. Damn the whole and, fucking realm. I gotta well, yeah. get out of this whole yeah. fucking realm. Well, he comes from like an island nation. Oh, okay. So she fled. She That's sailed not that across hard to the sea. No, not size at all. Of a realm. And basically, his story is like now he he regrets what he's done. He's seen the error of his ways. He's gone through a lot of shit since then, and he's out in the world searching for his daughter. Nice. And like it's it was just so. I don't know. It was so crazy to put yourself in the shoes of such a different type of character, a character who's really lived this tragedy and is just trying to find forgiveness from his daughter and for himself and also he's this older and trying to play an older wiser person is difficult to do yeah because you don't like in the real world you don't have that experience that wise that wise and hardened outlook so you do what you can yeah and uh it was a lot of fun and uh it's such a favorite character of mine that to this day i think the last time that well besides the game that you dm'd when i when i first came up with him that must have been like five years ago and like to this day uh, usually my gamer tag or handle is Stormblade because I just love that character. It's so. cool. It's like a take on a Gen- Stor- the Storm Genasi. Yeah. But just like toned down to Earth. Yeah, because he's human. You're right. So, yeah, there it is. All cool. right, next question. Yeah. Thank you, Thanks, Josh, Josh Freeland. Freeland. <laughs> uh, oh, it's my so turn I hold. Oh, I don't. I can see that one. Oh, that one looks long. I'm going to grab this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mix them. Yeah, mix them up. <laughs> I cheated. Yeah. Um, this is from Aaron Niaribo. Nyaribo Roberts. Sorry. Sorry about your name, man. Um, or or lady. I don't know. Them. I'm not going to gender Aaron, anybody. Is it E-R-I-N? It's A-R-O-N. Oh, that, that's... I, I think mean, that's, according to this. That's, uh, I think that's the, the male way of spelling it. Let's avoid gendering anybody. This is okay. going to yeah. go them, because yeah. we don't know. Yeah, we really don't. If both of you had to choose one of the four elemental planes, earth, air, water, or fire, to spend the rest of oh, eternity geez. in, which oh, would you geez. choose, double question mark? <laughs> also, how would, you, how would it look in your ideal setting? That is a okay. great question. All right. And one I can answer very easily. Okay. Well, okay. Well, Damn, the, no, I can't. Well, this question... <laughs> I'm torn. This question <laughs> has two layers to it because, number one, if you had to pick one, which one would you live in? Yeah, which And one? how would it look? So we're getting to choose where we live and make it our paradise? Well... You know what I mean? Like, should we, should we choose, like, the vanilla version and then choose our homebrew version? Yes. Okay. Do you want to well, go first? Do you well, go I'm going to need to know what the vanilla versions look like. That's part of it. Oh yeah, you don't like as far as D really I know the elemental player, the elemental plane of air is just like this fucking. It's just sky. This fucking la- no landscape at all. Yeah. It's just like yeah. so no on that one. Uh, <laughs> That's, uh, and am I living there in my human form and just like being ethereal and like? Well, I think this, it all this us. air is fucking great. It said us. So. I mean, I I probably Earth if it were me because uh-huh. I feel like that's less damaging uh, earth earth would be my number two if I, okay okay so let me number one not water because i can't breathe water and there's nothing but water and there is no surface to this water so not water uh number two not fire because for obvious reasons you would burn and die yeah let's make this question a little more interesting because i yeah. think the direction that they're going with it is like if you could be like an elemental of that plane or like live there in like if you're going to spend your eternity there it, mm-hmm. it kind of uh insinuates that you're not going to die immediately upon contact with the plane. Well, let me finish answering (laughs) it this way and then we'll we'll switch over to your uh, frame of thinking. Um, Earth would be kind of interesting. It would suck not having sunlight, um, but at least you can walk. Is it like underground? It's nothing but ground. Oh, shit. Yeah. So like I imagine there's no sky or surface, just like the water in the fire world. 
then how does like how does people go there and like traverse it? They don't usually. Oh, sick. Okay, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so air would be my pick because there are land moats uh, that you can find, and there are clouds that you can walk on that you can find. That's true. I would find myself a nice little cloud island and homeed up with some cloud giants who won't eat me because cloud giants are kind of cool, or maybe some air genie because they won't necessarily kill me either. And yeah, that's how I'm spending the rest of my life. Just kick it with the air genie. Yeah, because Tell jokes. at least they won't outright murder you. <laughs> now, um, the the second the second layer of this question, I think, is where the money's at. Okay, because right. because if I were to pick a plane that I could just like live in and like kind of have some dominion over, maybe. It okay, would, now would, we're now we're we're adding on to this question. No, here. I don't. I don't think so because they're asking dominion? me dominion. How would it look in your ideal setting? Which means to me is okay. like if I am a, a fire elemental mm-hmm. and I want to live in the plane of fire, that means I have some dominion there. It's like I can control like fire or move through it or be a part of that. Maybe mm-hmm. like it would look like a bunch of volcanoes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I would just like uh, traverse lava and shit, and it wouldn't hurt me. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. Or like the water elemental plane would be like a ch- an island chain, mm-hmm. and I would be like a sailor almost. Like, yeah. If if I get to choose in that regard, yeah, it's definitely water because I'm gonna live on a dope ass tropical island, and I'm if I have the ability to traverse like the water plane, I'm definitely or any of the planes, I'm definitely gonna choose water because I can like merman it up and yeah. just go down and do cool. See, that's really cool. Stuff. In this case, I would probably my favorite would be would end up being air and it would be like a like a bunch of sky cities. And I oh, would yeah, probably have like a riding cool. beast or could fly myself. That's dope. And move through the air, maybe become mist or a cloud yeah. or something. Yeah. That would be sick. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think we answered this one. Yes. That was our quickest one so far, I think. <laughs> maybe. All right. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Here we go. I'm choosing. Oh, and thanks again, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Okay, chose one. This one's skinny. You have chosen. Ryan Brown sends to us... If you were to run a game in a non-high medieval setting, what would you run? I have a few. I have a few answers for this, but I'll let you go first. Um, I'm. I really like the post-apocalypse. Yeah, um, obviously. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I no, I really, really do though. Like, I, it's, I know. it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. It well, is. they don't know. Okay, you're playing true. in that okay. game. So I know. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm living this question <laughs> right now. Dream. Or, um, uh, and I know you're gonna say this, but space. Oh yeah, that was that was one of the few that I had listed. Like a um, 
Like there's this really cool space opera specifically is the way I would run it. Um, I really like um, uh, the cyberpunk kind of thing. I yes. listened to uh, Friends at the Table where they did a, a mech noir, which mm-hmm. is like kind of a space spaghetti western style, like mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop, Outlaw Star, yeah, you know, uh, Trigun, like any kind of thing that fits into that genre. I know what's that one, Firefly. I haven't watched that one, but I know right. that's kind of like a space like cowboy kind of thing. Yeah. That would be a sick setting. Cause it's kind of yeah. like the post apocalypse or like there are evil, like corporations like working in the yeah. shadows against yeah. you. That's a cool setting. Yeah. Have you ever seen Outlaw star? No, it's on my list Dude, of things to watch. Such a good anime. I Cause I've watched anime. Bebop and Trigun and I, I know Outlaw stars like right there with them. I know that a lot of people uh, consider Trigun and Cowboy Bebop to be far superior to Outlaw star. And I do love Trigun and I do love uh, Cowboy Bebop without a doubt. I would even venture to say Cowboy Bebop's uh, borderline masterpiece. That's one of my favorite. Yeah, animes it, for sure. it's Spike Spiegel is a great um, character. Outlaw star is much more shonen-y. Okay. Yeah, sure. But I love Outlaw Storm more than I like the other two, but that's just personal preference. Moving on. I'm definitely, it's on my watch list. Let me answer the question. Uh, so you already said space, which was one of my top ones. I think what, what, my version of space is different from your version. Um, well, I, I agree with the the space cowboy spaghetti western, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do agree with that. That's a cool way to do it. Another way I do it would be Star Wars style, like space opera. Yeah. Um, I One that I think would be a lot of fun is Feudal Japan. Like oh. you, it's all, honestly the same as the medieval, but you just you're reflavoring it. Yeah, yeah you're, you know you're giving it uh, Eastern Asian spin and with like the shonen with stuff. the shonen and samurai and and all that cool stuff. So uh, that would be a lot of fun. Ooh, yeah. like a blend of the all the things we just said would be like running a setting in like the Samurai Jack scenario. Ooh, that'd be cool. Like, yeah, you go to the future <laughs> as like a member of feudal Japan, yeah, and I you're like just that. like a fucking. It's like a space orgy going on on like planet earth like nasty cool. nasty magic some yeah, like evil yeah. demons you got like everything going on a in samurai bit jack of everything yeah. yeah uh another one and i've uh done this before and i think it's a lot of fun doing like a, a swords and sandals kind of adventure where it's like um ancient like ancient babylon kind of Ooh. feel where it's like old desert all the empires are on the rise. There are no ancient empires because the the earth is new. One of your party of members is like, he's got a piece of leather. He's swinging a rock in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, technology is really, really, uh, non-developed. Um, there are no wizards. Uh, there's only sorcerers, you know, that, that kind of deal. So that'd be a lot of fun. Sick. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Those are, that's a bunch of stuff and yeah, I love it yeah. all. And, and you can all run it in fifth edition. No problem. Here, take a, take this. So thank hat. you, Ryan Brown. Yes. Thank you, Ryan. All right. What do we got? What do we got? We got this from James Stewart. I was wondering as a DM, how many alternate plot lines should I have for player based choices? And I saw this com this comment come in. Mm-hmm. That is a deep question. It is. That is a, I, I actually, it was such a deep question that, I wanted to answer it correctly, and I answered that person best I could uh, yeah. online. Okay, but I kept it because it was sent to us, so I figured I kept it, and we can answer it here on on air. Yeah. So, um, what did you come up with for this answer? <laughs> I mean, I guess my answer is a non-answer. Um, the way well, yeah, I, this is hard to like the nail way down. I run my games. Uh, okay, so the way I, I I read this question is it sounds to me like this person likes to have almost like a choose your own adventure. Like, yeah. Exactly. Event A happens and B, A, B, or C can happen and they diverge here and now I have different plot lines running. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they're going to choose, but any of these could happen. Right. Um, and there are a lot of DMs that do that. I do not do that. That is overwhelming and quite frankly, like you may have options A, B, and C ready to go and they choose F. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, this is chaos theory. This yeah, is chaos like the butterfly theory. effect going wild. The, okay, so one of the philosophies that I kind of live by when I Dungeon Master is Dungeon Masters don't have plans. NPCs have plans and those plans get fucked up by PCs. The dungeon master just facilitates it all. Right. So I don't really have all these alternate plot lines going on. I just have like, I, I basically have a timeline of NPC goals and like events. <laughs> so there's in the movie, in the movie Constantine, not uh-huh. the show or the comic, the movie with Keanu Reeves. Okay. He, there's a scene where, um, his like ride along character, the girl, I've, what's her name from the mummy? Um, the British girl. Anyway, she's, she, uh, I don't think Rachel Weiss is actually British. 
She was super British in The Mummy, though. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, so it's Rachel Weiss. Yeah. Okay. So she. she <laughs> okay. So um, it's she, funny. when. Sorry. Sorry. When you asked me who she was, couldn't think of it. The second you called her British, I'm like, Rachel Weiss isn't British. <laughs> The brain, so, is, the brain is funny. So in the movie Constantine, he she, he she sees like this deep this new world, right? Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. she's like contemplating what it all means, and is like, uh, like what is what does this all mean to me and my faith? And he's like, God's just a kid with an ant farm. Okay, yeah, you're okay. that DM. Yeah, okay, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, well, I I have a set like a timeline of like he's not here are all anything. the NPCs, That's the line. here are all the cities and nations. These are the current events. These are these are the things that will occur without intervention right and when intervention happens you improvise it yes so i think i think improv is huge improv for DMing. is huge for for dming um it's have some stuff ready to go have a table to roll on yeah i mean just to help you if you want all these options to pop off have something to kind of assist you to facilitate if it's something you're struggling with yeah i couldn't i couldn't dungeon master if i ran it in a way where i had like all alternate timelines ready to go in different scenarios for different events. I just couldn't do that. There's like a lot that. of moving pieces. Yeah. And I know DMs that can do that. They have yeah. they have all these moving parts everywhere. And because you did this, now this is going to react like this and do and it's going to spiral off and do a bunch of different stuff to the right. world. Yeah. And now now it's this. And I thought it was going to be this and now it's this other thing. Right. That's all good and fun. My style of DMing is to plan this event and oh shit, they turned right instead of left. Well, that thing is over here now. Okay, that is, looks, that is one way you could do it. It yeah. looks different, but like I'm not throwing this dungeon away. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's that's a form of railroading, hidden railroading, which yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Well, for what we're doing for I, I for think my spe- game, yeah. it's kind of necessary. Oh yeah, I think it's it's nece- it's not it's necessary in most games to, to do that every once in a while or to do that regularly. Yeah. I think what this person's asking though is like, well, they're they're directly asking like, event A happens and solution b c and d are available do you run all three of these scenarios right. to their logical endpoint, or do you just pick one what you're saying is kind of like you picked you picked c they chose d now c is d right is exactly. what you're saying what well, I, it is yeah it it changes to fit i that. understand yeah, yeah like right. it's not just okay that's that location on the map is here it's like no this thing that was in this location on the map is now in this location on the map and yeah. now it has to look like this okay yeah you reskin the one like scenario on the you had like, on the fly shit. and I'm, it's always a panic the thing way too. like shit 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 i gotta do this now <laughs> the way i do it is i i present them with problem a i do not even bother to think of any solution Y'all come up with a solution, and now we're ad libbing it. We're just going. I, I most eighty percent of my dungeon mastering is impro- improvisation. See, I do that too, where yeah. I'm like, I'm going to throw this at them. I honestly, I don't see how you can get around it, mm-hmm. and I kind of know. I know my players enough to know that this is probably what they're going to do about it. Yeah. So let's let that all happen, yeah. and let's see if they come up with something, because improv is is really good. It keeps the story like fluid i feel like yeah like yeah. as long as you're not like oh this would happen just make sure it kind of try to make it make sense i guess right right yeah do your best okay all right let's go here i'll pull i think we have time for a few more maybe like yeah maybe two three, or three more two or three more i'm thinking well, that's a beefy one you got oh, there gosh, yeah it is okay so this is sent in by oh yeah thank you james yeah thank you james uh, this this question was sent in by uh, Ton Perry. Ton Perry is T O N. That spells the word ton to me. Ton. Ton. Ton or Ton Perry. From original D&D, BM, BEMCI, AD&D, AD&D 2nd Edition, D&D 3rd slash 3.5, 4th Edition, and 5th <laughs> Edition. What are your favorite or least favorite aspects of each edition? And as an aside, do you ever carry over rules? Or styles from old slash other editions. This is not the question for me, my man. Yeah, this unfortunately Brian is incapable of answering this question for he has only played fifth edition. No, I played fourth one edition. Game of fourth edition. But I feel like one game of fourth edition told me everything I need to know about it. So I, I can answer so. from fourth to fifth. Okay. And I can answer from three point five to, to fifth, I suppose. Uh although my three point five experience is fairly extremely limited. But let me say this um, before we get started. I wish yeah. I had this knowledge to answer the question. I really do. I do have some knowledge. Okay, so let's let me let me go. First, I'll yeah. just go. Well, first. you're gonna need. To just- I've never played first edition. <laughs> I know very little about it, so I'm not gonna bother tackling it. 
Um, second edition, I've never played it, but I know enough about it to know that I would not like that game. Um, I'm not a fan of the Thaco system. I, I don't like the idea that smaller numbers are better. It's not how my brain works. There's a reason they changed it and that change stuck. Um, I don't like the earlier editions, uh, kind of, uh, railroading of the role play where it's like, if you're a paladin, See, I've heard you have of that, to be this, that's, that's if you're a rogue, you have to be that. I don't like the idea that only humans can multi-class. I, I don't, don't know like... if you guys know us well enough at this point, but yeah. we love creative freedom. Yes. And, and as, as much as I love, um, the fact that these games existed and they've made it made role playing what it is today. Yeah, we here now. Yeah, exactly. We, we here now. Yeah. So those that that's I can definitely tell you what I don't like about older editions. Although I do like, I will say that even though the limitations of the role play that are built into the system of first and second edition, I don't care for. There are some good things that come about it. I feel like uh, it would is, be interesting to play it. It'd be for sure. Play. Just like to accept it for what it I is. I do and like do it. the fact that because of the limitations, like it prevents classes from stepping on, on each other's toes. Yeah. Like you're always going to have the diversity in the party. Yeah. Which that, that is nice. So I do like that. Uh, 3.5. I'm not a huge fan of 3.5. I don't dislike it, but it's just not the game for me. Um, I love the ability to really hone in and customize your characters in 3.5. If you know what you're doing, you can make pretty much anything you want in 3.5. I simultaneously don't like this because it's so mechanically tedious and convoluted that if you don't know what you're doing when you're first jumping into this game, you have no idea like the massive amount of feats you should never take because they're garbage and it'll break your character in a bad way. You don't know all the various subclasses and the various uh, um, prestige classes that you do and don't want to take. Like it's so much, it's so massive and so much at once that like I find it daunting. Yeah. Let's talk Um, about the naming convention. 3.5 is a bad name. Well, 3.5 is what happened because three third edition had a lot of inherent flaws so it's basically they eroded all the flaws. And I don't think it's officially called 3.5. It's just people call it 3.5. Oh, I understand yeah. now. So yeah. it's not actually called because 3.5 is a bad name. Yeah, it's just it's a, a short way of saying, you know, the eroded version. of. So it's three. It's new edition. three edition. Yes. OK. But they're different enough to d- differentiate them. And yeah. third edition went on long enough. That, OK, I kind of understand yeah. that. There's, there's, Sorry a, for sim- hating. there's a similar thing that kind of happened in fourth edition, but it, it wasn't official enough to, to make or break. The naming convention. I see. Um, so yeah, there's that. I, I think 3.5 is daunting to jump into as a new player. Um, it's also it, there's too much mechanically going on with it for my for my taste. Um, fourth edition. Um, I I simultaneously love and hate the combat system. There's so much about it that's really cool and fun, but there's so much about it that's really clunky and time consuming. Um, it's like almost all about combat. Yeah, I really love the flavor. That a lot of fourth edition stuff brought to the table. Mm. Uh, the fourth edition Hexblade, the Warlord, the Sword Mage, all these things are flavorful and cool. The Dawn Pantheon, the Dawn War Pantheon is the best pantheon in any Dungeons and Dragons uh, campaign setting or edition, period, end of story. That's just the way I feel about it. Like it's the ultimate pantheon, it's great. Um, and, uh, Fifth edition is for me the ultimate edition of D anD. d It's it's the perfect blend of character freedom and flavor and uh, mechanical soundness, but also not too many mechanics. Uh, I, lack I like of power creep. Yeah, yeah, I like it. They just they give you this foundation, these optional foundations to use if you want. Yeah, it's easy to dive into. It's easy to teach new players. It's easy to keep track of stuff. It's fucking perfect. Uh, I do carry over stuff from older editions, mostly from fourth edition. I like to carry over the idea of auras, the idea of uh, specialized monsters that aren't just a cookie cutter from monster manual, and the idea of minions that are just monsters that can deal damage, but they're one-hit kills. I love the once-a-days and 4E. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those daily powers are a lot of fun. I like how you kind of see the the 5E version of it, you know, like just floating around. You do. Especially with the Xanathar stuff. A lot of it feels like fourth edition. Yeah, it's getting there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So let's, I think that's... uh, Hopefully that answers your question. That was a good one. Um, Thank you. I'm going to read I mean, I enjoyed the answer. Thank you, Ton Perry. Ton Perry. Ton Ton Perry. Perry. Thank you. All right. We got, we got, I think two more questions in us. Oh, God. Stuart Davis, we're going to answer your question, I hope. And that is, uh, what's your favorite amount of people for a campaign? Oh, this uh, is a quick one. Yeah. <laughs> and also, what inspirations do you go to when creating a homebrewed world in campaign? Oh, uh, less quick now. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, 
it could be quick if we want yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, go for it. Um, so for me, I really like five is a good number. I've I've enjoyed five a lot. Mm-hmm. I like how you guys set up your combat and how I can like throw a lot at you. Um, I feel like three would be also very cool mm-hmm. and easy mm-hmm. to kind of mitigate. Four is weird. I don't like. <laughs> that's I, hilarious that you think that. Yeah, I don't like. I know that's like the standard. That is a standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like more or less than that. Interesting. I don't like obviously like less than three. Right. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. But yeah. uh, people do that, and I, I. Yeah, they do. That's a lot of fun. I, I'm planning on doing. I, I've it. played in games where there's only two players. I plan on doing it for story time with my baby, like when she's oh, old enough cool. to understand. Like, you yeah. go into the cave. There's all this <laughs> stuff around. What do you do? That's really fun. But um, like you know, one one on one. I mean, you could do this anywhere, but I like five a lot. I th- I feel like that's the money number for me. Interesting. I'm gonna yeah. try. I haven't done any more than that. I'm gonna try six, seven. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we're going to get six or seven for mm-hmm. a project we have coming up called Ranger Danger, where I'm oh, just going to throw everything at everything and you guys are going to throw all your stuff at all the stuff I throw. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Okay. Um, but uh, for inspirations that I go to when I'm homebrewing a world campaign, um, just any like my love. I love horror and I love uh, Stephen King in particular and Edgar Allan Poe. And now uh, I'm getting into a lot of HP Lovecraft, <laughs> which I feel is like bridging it's gap. like the missing piece in the middle. Yeah, it um, really is. Uh, I don't like um, some things about those writers. Yeah, uh, so I, I just leave, I just leave it all out. I agree. Or like spaghetti westerns stuff that I've already touched on. Like um, yeah. like Cowboy Bebop is a huge inspiration. And um, what's the other one? Shoot, where the two samurais? Why am I blanking um, on the name? Samurai Champloo. Samurai Sham- Samurai Champloo is wonderful. Like just the soundtrack and the colors and like the storyline's so loose. Like it's it's really good. Right. I like how they like kind of cinch it all up at the end. Yeah. Um, those are just like fun little like adventuring things that I like. Uh, Lord of the Rings is like prevalent in me just because we're playing D and D. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. What about you? I know we've talked about this on the show here and there. Yeah, definitely. For me, um, three and four are the two numbers that I are, are ideal for me. Three three players. I love having three players. Four is the perfect number in my book. It's just perfect. Um, I will do five. I will not like it, but I will do it. Mm-hmm. I will not do more than five. I refuse. I will not try and even begin to wrestle with six players. Um, I think for the style of DMing that I do, it just does not work. It takes too long. I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> and uh, and even listening to podcasts with more than more than five players gives me anxiety because there's just too yeah, much. Yeah, it's hard I to can't do it. wrap it's, your mind around like three yeah, players. Like, What's going on? Who Who's are they studying? again? Because you yeah. can't see them. It's hard to stuff everyone's turn in that limited amount of time. Yeah. Um, two, I've played in a game with two and it's a lot of fun, but you do feel like something's missing with two. As for inspiration, for me, it's... Uh, oh, shit. No! <laughs> as okay, for we'll pick inspir- one up off the ground. We dropped the questions. <laughs> we did. Uh, as for inspiration, uh, all the old games I used to play, uh, various Final Fantasy games, Zelda games, uh, Secret of Mana, uh, Legend of Dragoon is a huge influence on me. Um, the various books I read as a kid from Dragonlance to, I'm, of course, a huge Tolkien fan. Um, God, I didn't even say Legend of Zelda. Holy yeah. crap, Legend of Zelda is like all over my DM. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Robert Jordan's books. Um, Harry Potter, a little bit. I love yeah. Harry Potter, but it doesn't kinda really like influence creeps, my It just kind of creeps into our lives. Um, all of us probably as a culture. A lot of Brandon Sanderson's novels are a huge influence on me. Uh, Patrick Rothfuss and his uh, ongoing series is a huge influence. Jim Butcher and his... Um, uh, Codex Alera books. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people like his uh, Justin Files books, but I'm a huge Codex Alera fan, so he did a lot of influence on me. Um, I mean, like uh, re- more recently stuff like because D and D is relatively new to me. It's like a, mm-hmm. it's almost like a couple years old to me at this point, right? As far as like my lifespan, yeah. Um, so like the things that got me into D and D are inspiring, like Will's Worlds that I played in at first, and then like you know I listened to the Adventure Zone, and now oh, I'm yeah. getting into Critical Role and and listening to those. Uh, those campaign settings and like those styles and acquisitions incorporated was a lot of fun. Um, so those, those, uh, I kind of just, I'm, they inspire me in such a way where I just take what I like and apply it to my own style. Okay. All right. I got one more, right? We got one more question Ooh, and, I and there's get- a lot of questions in here. So I feel really bad. It's just, we really don't have the time folks. I'm sorry, but yeah, this is a. This we got time for one more. Yeah, question. we got time for one more. So lucky, lucky you, and I'm sure we'll get to the ones we haven't answered on YouTube. I yeah, yeah, some, I'll do. I'll do what I can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Last question. 
Jason Bio. Bio? Bio. Bio. Um, Take a look at this and tell me what what speaks to you. Oh, I cut it in the wrong place. Oh, okay. So it's the bottom (laughs) one. It's the bottom one. Okay, because there was a question on top. (laughs) So that means we didn't pick something in there that doesn't have a question on it. No, no. That means that uh, that question that got cut was a two-parter. And that's the second half of it, but that okay. So this is all just is all Jason, Jason Bio. Okay, so I'll read the top one first. Mm-hmm. What? No, are, no, no! Don't read the top one. The top one belongs to someone else. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So the bottom one is: uh, What classes lend themselves best to a story? Okay, the Paladin. You think? You yes. think the Paladin? Yeah, I think that's a really solid one. Okay. Um, you have like a divine purpose and shit. You know? Yeah, yeah. I would say. All classes really do, but if we're if we're having to pick, the ones that lend themselves more to a story by default are warlock, paladin, cleric, and sorcerer. Yeah, they have they, like this divine kind of or yeah. like this bigger power guiding yeah, them. Exactly, and those four automatically have to have inherent NPCs of great power tied into their story. Right, like it automatically they all have an automatic motivator. Even sorcerer, because sorcerer, it's usually like, well, where the fuck did your powers come from? Yeah, how is that affecting your life? Um, I feel like on that note, probably ASMR is is in there. That's a race, not a class. Oh, you're right about yeah. that. <laughs> my my fault. But yeah, but I mean, in the same Stuff vein, like that. In the same vein, yeah, yeah, it's very or tiefling. Um, so yeah, that if I had to choose, because like with fighter. With rogue, with wizard, with uh, I don't know. It's like yeah, um, somebody taught you some shit. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Even with monk, and it's like, like how interesting can that be? That's up to whatever it's you guys came you. up with. Yeah. So. But as far as like just picking one, yeah, like paladin, it's like built in. Like yeah. this has to be at least kind of interesting because like God had something to do with it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there you go. It was a simple question for our last question. I mean, do we have but thank a, you, Jason. Is that is that um no. Unfortunately, I personally am out oh, of time. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we are out of time. We, we sorry we couldn't get to all the questions. Uh actually it took us longer to answer questions than I thought. I was like, Yeah, we got this. Apparently not. Apparently we only answered that, like, that's still pretty uh, half of our questions. Yeah. But we'll do future Q and A's, folks. So if we your question didn't get answered this time, uh hopefully we'll get answered next time. Maybe for Q and A's in the future we'll set aside larger chunks of time now that we have a feeling for how long this takes but we'll talk about that later but thanks a lot for submitting questions we really appreciate that we really appreciate you guys and uh, thanks for getting us to a thousand subscribers like thank you so much yeah really cool that i think we're gonna call it let's call it a game panel you guys next time Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.